Welcome to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast, a weekly program that looks back at historic content from our archives. We hope you are educated and inspired by today's edition. Today you will get to hear audio from a simulated Article 5 convention with 49 state delegations consisting mostly of sitting or previous state legislators. Hosted by Convention of States Foundation in August of 2023, the event was held in Colonial Williamsburg, Virginia. In this segment, leaders with Convention of States Foundation share their observations from day one of the simulation. Senior Vice President Rita Peters interviews co-founders Michael Ferris and Mark Meckler, as well as Senior Advisor Rick Santorum. Good morning, everyone. This is Rita Peters. I'm the Senior Vice President for Legislative Affairs with Convention of States. And we are coming to you live this morning from Colonial Williamsburg, where we are right in the middle of a simulated Article 5 Convention of the States for Proposing Amendments. It's the second ever in the nation's history. And I've got great commentators with me this morning. I want to start by introducing them. First, we have Michael Ferris, Senior Advisor to Convention of States. Then we have Mark Meckler. He's the President of Convention of States. And finally, Rick Santorum, also a Senior Advisor to Convention of States. Gentlemen, I want to start just by getting your reactions to what you saw and heard when you were here for the first day yesterday. So what did you see? What surprised you? What stood out to you? Mark, we'll start with you. I'm, I think part of it was what I expected having done this once before, which is just getting a chance to see the room set, the feeling that's in the room. You walk into the room and, and behind us what you see is where all the commissioners sit seeing all the placards for each state, there's a, a sense of uh, sober reality that we're about to engage in something very important. So the stage was set. And then watching the commissioners walk in for the first time and having them see the room, because they're not allowed in the room until we actually open the doors, and the tone among the commissioners. And then I would say that probably the most interesting moment for me was when I walked up to the podium and I don't walk up on the dais. Uh, I go to the lectern that's in front of the dais. And when I walked up there, how quiet it got in the room. Mm. There's a very serious air here. The, the legislators and all the different commissioners from all over the country know they're taking part in something that's very serious. Absolutely. Mike Ferris, what was it like for you yesterday? I uh, really enjoyed the detailed debate, uh, The uh, as Mark said, the seriousness of it. People were... Uh, really digging in on the details, of, you know, getting, trying to get the amendments exactly right. Uh, they were debating um, broad general principles. There was a, a lot of uh, disagreement on the, the best way to word something, but there was a great cohesion around the general principle of wanting to limit the federal government's power and return power to the people and to the states. And, and that cohesion really uh, is a a, a tremendous asset to this uh, whole e effort, I think. Yeah, we really saw a lot of commissioners talking about that throughout the process, yeah. that that's what they were here to do. Rick Santorum, what were your observations from yesterday? Well, the, the vast majority of the people that are here uh, representing the states are state legislators or former state legislators. And uh, uh, what I was struck at is there was a, a tremendous amount of comfort among them as to how the procedure uh, operated. Uh, the rules were set out in advance. They're Mason's Rules of Legislative Procedure, which is 
how almost every state legislature operates. Uh, so uh, one of the things I hear when, um, uh, when I travel around talking about Article 5 is, oh, we don't know how it would work, what, what the rules would be, what, you know. And the fact is, these are legislators. They operate by legislative procedure, which is pretty, pretty standard. And everyone felt perfectly comfortable. And uh, there, wasn't any, there wasn't any hiccups like, how do we do this? And, you know, what's the, pro the, the process was um, like any type of legislature. You, uh, you have a general assembly, and you have committees, and you have subcommittees, and you, and you work in those committees. And legislation is built from the ground up in the subcommittee, and then the committee, and then it comes to the floor. And uh, everybody gets a chance to participate. I mean, it's, um, there's, there's no rocket science. There's nothing being reinvented here that people are going to say, oh, well, you know, we don't know. It's just, you know, it's just it's a blank slate. No, it's, it's legislatures, and they operate like a legislature. Right. So you're talking about the process. Let's just bring our viewers up to speed a little bit on what happened yesterday that was not live streamed. So we started in this room where you can see there's a seat, a place for each state delegation, and they're all seated by their states. They came in. We were gaveled to order. And Can I the, the, sure. There are 49 of the 50 states are represented here. That's And the right. one state that's not represented <laughs> here, fittingly, was the state that wasn't at the Constitutional Convention in 1787. So that's really interesting that, that Rhode Island has a consistent record now of not being represented <laughs> at uh, any kind of constitutional discussion. Yeah, sorry about that, Rhode Island. Yeah. But we Little had roadie. someone from Rhode Island, and then that commissioner had to drop out at the last minute. So we have 49 states represented. We have, I think the final count was 104 commissioners. They all were seated here. And we were gaveled into order, and the secretary called the roll. And Mark, I was standing next to you during that roll call, and I remember at the first simulated Article 5 convention, that was a very emotional moment. I was standing next to you then. And just to hear that alphabetical roll call of all the states in here, tell our viewers why that's so emotional for you. You know, it's interesting because as, as that was happening, I was standing towards the front of the room because I had introduced the day and we had had the presidential election, right? And so that had already taken place and, and the president, uh, oh, actually at that point we, we hadn't had the new president yet. But so as this is going on, I'm looking back towards the back of the room and I saw you standing in the back of the room mm -hmm. and I had a flashback to the last time we did this in 2016 and I think you were standing pretty much exactly where you were standing in 2016. Mm -hmm. So I had this moment and I thought, okay, I gotta get back there. Mm -hmm. And I went back and stood next to you. And when you hear that role being called, you realize it's actually happening. And everybody's in the room and we're really going to do this. You know, when we plan an event like this, it takes a year or more to plan an event like this. And for us, this is really unusual. Some of you out there, you've planned events, maybe even big events like this in your lifetime. And normally, you know everything that's going to happen in that event. You, you've got a menu of how the whole thing rolls out, and you're checking it off as you go through the event. Here, once the roll call starts, we're hands off. It's out of our hands. And so there's two feelings I have in that moment. I and mean, one is just the sense of history. Okay, this is it. We're actually getting started. But it's also, okay, now we're going to take our hands off the wheel and they're in charge and it's going to roll from there. So it's a little bit scary in that moment too. Absolutely. Now, Mike, I want to know, is it just Mark and me or do you get chills during that roll call process as well? <laughs> what were you thinking about? 
Well, I, I uh, was emotional, I think, on seeing the room, mm -hmm. you know, seeing the people in the room. The roll call is a part of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, the, you know, when people are, are here participating, uh, just the whole thing mm -hmm. has, a, has a feeling of history to it. And um, I uh, mentioned yesterday when I was able to address them that self-government started in the New World here in Williamsburg, 1623, 1624, first House of Burgesses, they imposed the first taxes. And so what's going on here is the same thing that happened in the, in the 1770s, mm -hmm. and that is we had a rule of self-government that only... The, the colonies can impose taxes on themselves, and that was the constitution of, of Britain at the time. And the, uh, the constitution was being violated by the higher, higher officials. And so the, the, the patriots rose up, a lot of it here in Virginia, a lot of it you know, in Massachusetts and other places, and they said the same thing, is that we are going to take back our constitutional rights. We're gonna, we're gonna to return to the foundations mm -hmm. of self-government. We're gonna to return to the foundations of limited government, local control, and, and that was the spirit of the moment. Mm -hmm. Rick, you've had a chance now to meet and talk to many of the commissioners here. Many of them, most of them are state <clears throat> legislators, yeah. but not all of them. But is there anything you observe? What do they have in common? What is it that drives people to take time away from their family, take time out of their schedule, and come here and participate in this? Or what observations have you made about our commissioners? Well, uh, I think they all see that uh, this movement is, a, is an important um, inflection point for the country. I mean, we have... Uh, we have a country that I think all of them realize is not following the intents of the original Constitution, uh, that the Constitution has, has morphed over a period of, of, of a couple hundred, 245 years to, uh, to centralize more and more power in Washington. And these are state representatives and state senators and folks who care about um, uh, federalism. Uh, they realize that, um, that the country is is, is fracturing and it's fracturing because you have folks in Washington trying to impose a will on all of, of a very diverse and large country and um, it's not working. And it's not working uh, frankly for either side and, uh, and, and the, the division is something that, is, um, that, that everybody feels and, and is searching for, at least across the country, searching for how do we how do we fix this? And I think a lot of the folks who came here were came here with the idea, well, you know, it, could this be something that fixes it? Could this be um, the, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I hate to call it a silver bullet because there's never a silver bullet, but is could this be the process of starting to rebuild our, our republic <clears throat> and, and rebuild uh, freedom for the individual and sovereignty for the states and, and allowing a country that is huge and diverse to be huge and diverse and, and not, not, uh, not try to be ruled from on high. Right. So I want to go back a little to the process from yesterday. We gaveled in. We had the roll call, which was emotional for some of us. Um, Representative Ken Ivory from Utah <clears throat> presided as our temporary president because he was the past president of the first ever simulated Article 5 convention back in 2016. And then he presided over the election of the new convention president. And 
I noticed that during the voting for the convention president, of course, at the convention, voting is by state. Every state gets one vote. And as the roll was called for those votes, some of the states got really colorful and prideful and said, you know, from Tennessee, the volunteer state votes and, and said their vote. That for Virginia, the birthplace of president votes. And I thought that was really fun. Did that, did that strike you as just the commissioners wanting to have a little fun? Are they expressing pride in their state, Mark? Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that because it didn't start off that way, right? Mm -hmm. So the first few states just said the name of their state and how they voted. And then you, you start to see that shift. A state would say their state slogan, their state motto. And then pretty soon every state was doing it. <coughs> and I, so I saw two things out of that. One, yeah, they were having fun. And, and there were some snickers around the room as that was going on. But I also saw the diversity coming out, right? That the states really do have state pride and that those who are representing their states are here really representing their states, not, not just here for a convention or here to have a good time. They have a really kind of uh, attitude towards their birthplace or their, their home that I'm here to represent those people, I'm here to represent those values. And so I, I felt like that came out in that mm -hmm. process. Yeah. So at the end of the vote, the convention elected former Representative Woody Jenkins from Louisiana as the convention president and former Senator Jason Rappert from Arkansas as the convention vice president. And then basically the business of that first plenary session ended and the commissioners went to their three committees. So the three committees are fiscal restraints federal, legislative, and executive jurisdiction, and then term limits and federal judicial jurisdiction. Mike, can you just explain to us why those three committees? The call that we've been working on now for 10 years <clears throat> has three topics within it. And to be germane at this convention and at the real convention, any proposed constitutional amendment has to fit within one of those three topics, fiscal restraints, uh, the reduction of federal jurisdiction and power, and term limits on federal officials, including legislators, but it could be administrative officials and others as well. Mm -hmm. And so those are the three topics and three committees, and it worked out pretty well. Yeah, so the chair of each committee was elected by the convention, by the, by the states, in advance just to save time and help us get done what we need to do in two days, which is a tall order. And I thought it was interesting to see how each committee really functioned a little bit differently based on how the chair chose to do things. Rick, I know you were in some of those committee rooms. What were some of the differences you observed about how things functioned? What were your thoughts on the committee process? Um, <clears throat> My general thought was that um, the committees, uh, <clears throat> you know, had, had, as Mike mentioned, there are three different subject areas. And um, each committee, uh, for example, the, the term limits committee, I mean, they started out and they said, you know what, we have term limits on, on Congress, term limits on the executive branch, term limits on the judicial branch. And then there was, you know, discussions on how to do all three of those. So it was a fairly narrow subject matter and and it, sort of an obvious layout of how you do this uh, and and there was discussion on all three uh, 
fiscal limitation a little broader. I mean, you know, there's you know several different ways, but not an unlimited number. I mean, you know, okay, you can limit taxes, you can limit spending, you can balance the budget, uh, you can line up. I mean, there's there's a handful or a few more ideas on how to limit uh, that. And so again, those committees, at least from what I saw, you know, sort of had 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 a universe that was <clears throat> in one day digestible. Mm -hmm. The other committee, which was the limitation on federal power, is, <laughs> you know, infinite number of things that you can do given the infinite, seemingly infinite expansion of power that we've seen in Washington. So that committee, I think, uh, struggled a little bit and I think was frustrated a little bit because there were so many ideas, dozens and dozens of ideas that were floated to that committee and, and they just didn't have time to get to it. And so that... That, uh, you know, one of the things I heard repeatedly there was, you know, well, you know, we're just in an artificial setting because we only have a day, but to really do this, we'd need weeks, maybe months of discussion and input and expertise. Right. And, you know, they talked about, you know, you know, could we call in experts and, and, you know, and just discussing how this would happen in a real, in a real setting. So obviously when you do a simulated convention in two days, it's artificial because conventions don't last two days and dealing with this type of subject matter. So I, I, you really saw that in the third in that third committee vis-a-vis uh, -vis the other two. Mm -hmm. Mark, you mentioned at the beginning that you, one of the emotions you experience here is a little <clears> bit <throat> of anxiety about how things are going to go because once they're in there, we're not running the committees. Right. It is really kind of out of our hands. So, how are you feeling as you observed some of those committees? Were you uh, did, did they set you at ease, or <laughs> did you feel more nervous? I would say it's a little bit of both. I mean, when when you walk into the committee rooms, uh, one of the things Rick said that I, I totally agree with, they're all different. You know, so you have a chairman. This is true in any legislature. I've been in a lot of committees. Mike has, you have, Rick has. It's different. Like, you don't know exactly how a committee is going to go in any committee hearing. And it's a lot of it is going to be the character of the chairman and how he runs things, how tight of a ship he or she runs. Uh, so to me, it's interesting, a little bit stressful to walk in. Sometimes what I saw, which was interesting, is the debates could get pretty heated. And it's, it's a little bit, like you said, Rick, it's a simulation, so it's artificial. And part of that means you don't have the relationships that, that were, would be there in a normal committee where people are together for a long period of time. So I listened to some of the heated debates. I thought, oh, this is a little intense. And so that makes me a little nervous. But then what I saw is, you know, they all end up working it out. And so I, overall, I'm very comfortable. The main thing that I saw is the process works. You know, when we follow the process, when they're actually in the committee hearings doing things according to parliamentary procedure, which is what they do, it works. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to the Convention of States Legacy Podcast. To learn more about our grassroots movement, go to www.conventionofstates.com.